Welcome to Success Leaves Clues Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Brackett, and I've been blessed enough in my life to meet individuals who've been able to leave me clues on my journey to success. The goal of this show is to bring you the experience of those who have achieved great things and allow you to be a fly in the wall, soaking up clues for your own journey to success. Let's get right into this week's episode. Hey, this is Gary Brackett, and welcome to another episode of Success Leaves Clues, when I get to have special guests on the show and share the tips and clues that they discovered in their life that made them successful and got them where they are today. Today in studio is a special host, Jason Barnaby, author of Igniting the Fire Story Within You. We're going to talk all about this book and where you can actually get that. But today I'm going to talk about Jason, a little bit about him. So um, where, what's the origin story? Like, Where, where, mm. where are you from? Like, how, how did you get here? Okay. I'm going to give you the real abbreviated version because when I speak in public, one of the things that I have people say is that I've lived a lot of life in the life I've lived, mm. which I have. Basically born and raised in Indiana, graduate of, uh, of IU, graduated in 93. I was a psych major, uh, had a dream since I was 13 years old to go be a ski bum after I graduated. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know what a ski bum is, it's really you go work somewhere where you get a free ski pass and ski as much as possible. Right. So I moved to Colorado for two years after college and I was a ski bum. Came back, didn't really still know what I wanted to do when I grew, grew up. Wound up on a trip that took me overseas to Poland and the Ukraine. Fell in love with my one of our translators, International Language of Love. Uh, I moved back. She was from Poland I'm, or is from Poland. I moved back uh, less than a year later. We got married almost a year to the date that we met. Wow. I wound up staying and living in Poland for eight years. Mm. So during that time, I owned and closed a coffee shop for that I had for a year. Worst mistake ever, <laughs> but a great learning experience. I learned that I can fail and, I, and, and it's not going to define you. Okay. Right. And I'm still here. Uh, went back and got my master's degree in teaching English as a foreign language. So I was a, um, I was a college professor for five years, came back to the States and was like, I'll teach. Teaching doesn't pay the bills when you're mm. the only person doing it. And so I did that for two years. And I tell people the two years that I taught full time were the two years that I had six separate W-2s for all the different jobs that I did. And I tell people sort of jokingly, but real, those were the legal jobs because wow. I was like, I paint your house, I clean your car, I cut your grass. Like, what do you need to, like, I'll do it. I did that for two years and then I stumbled on the job of a training facilitator in the corporate world. I didn't even know that existed. I'm like, you can, you can train. It's basically teaching, but you're teaching adults in the corporate world. Exactly. So I did that and worked my way through an organization here in Indianapolis from uh, training and development, inside sales, outside sales, mergers and acquisitions, eventually in HR. And all of that time, Gary, even when I was a ski bum in Colorado, I was carrying around a manila folder or a spiral bound notebook, it would change, that had M-O-B on it, which stood for my own business. Because mm. I knew that one day I was going to start wow. my own thing. I just didn't know what that was. So I would like clip articles and put those in there. Right, right. Like if I got good service, I'd mark like what was good service or if, like... What are the kinds of clients that I want to serve? What are the kinds of things I want to do? What are the kinds of things I don't want to do if I had a right. bad client experience? So uh, two years ago uh, in so May. So before you say yeah. that, what, what was going through your mind and why did it take so long to actually mm. start? If I could really boil it down into one word, I would say that it was fear. Mm. 
and the fear not of like I'm all I'm a guy who takes risks like yeah. I like the road less traveled I've always kind of like if it's if it's from here to here I usually go like that right, right. so I don't, that but it was a fear of what I had to say or what I had to offer nobody would be interested in wow and Brian actually gave me some really good advice several years ago when I was thinking about this he said look you should be in consulting and here's why he said 75% of the world doesn't know the stuff that you know that's made you successful all those things that you do every day that you take for granted 75% of the world doesn't know that and the other 25% of the world that does know it needs to be reminded Wow. And I thought he was crazy. I'm like, there is no way that there's 75% of the world that doesn't know this stuff. I would actually, because I went out for a year, literally, and tested it. I would say it's closer to 90-10. Wow. 90% doesn't Don't know. know. And it's the stuff that you and I, like, when we say it to people, people go, oh, wow. And you're just like, you didn't you yeah. didn't know that? I've been doing this for like three decades. Like, yes. you didn't, but you know what I mean? You're not alone in that. Right. I think most people suffer from this ideal that, Everyone else knows what they know. Yeah. And I think success with these clues for me is the opportunity to share those clues yes. and secrets that no, I, I agree know that. that people I agree don't with know. That. So that's why I kind of started to show. But that fear, man, is real. It's very real. And for me, the biggest fear was so I had, I made up a word when I wrote this book called What If Abouts. And it's like some people call it head trash, some people call it ants or automatic negative thoughts or limiting beliefs or whatever. For me, my two what if abouts, because I say what we do in our mind is we say, well, what if this? Well, if this happens, what about that? Well, what if this? What about, right? And you go down that road, that hypothetical road. Mine were two. You don't have anything to say. And even if you did, nobody would want to listen. Wow. And so that kept me scared and stuck for like two years. And then I sent out an email uh, to some friends of mine on a Monday. I'm like, I just needed a little extra motivation. I found a quote that I liked. And so I wrote the quote or I copied the quote and I wrote a little like, hey, here's what I'm going through. And I sent it out to like 10 people in my tribe that I thought maybe could use it. I got responses from everyone. I was like, do you do this every week? Because if you do, can you, can you like, is there a list? Like, can I be on the list? Or, 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 hey, man, I really needed to hear this today. And that was the watershed moment for me to realize like, I was like, really? Because it seems pretty basic again, right? Like this, this is stuff that I already right. know. But what I found was that people either weren't thinking about it or didn't know it, period, but they were hungry for it. And we, I think we all want it, but there are a few people who are going to step in the gap and provide that for other people, wow. right? And so for me, it was the providing of that. And even when I was afraid, and this is in the, the intro of my book, I had a really good friend of mine from college, and he said, Jason, you are a leader that has been – you're created with these gifts and abilities that not everybody has. And again, I was like, well, surely like I'm not that special. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, but you have, he's like, believe me, people don't lead the way you lead. And he said, but here's the other thing that you need to know. People want to follow leaders like you, but they can't follow if you won't step out and lead. Wow. And that was like, that was, that was an aha moment for me. Right. Think about if you've ever gone somewhere where you're standing on the, on the, on a crosswalk and the, and it says, don't walk but there's no cars coming. You're like, I got places to go. I'm going to walk. Right. And you walk and you look behind you. What happens? There's like wow. three or four people following you. Mm. Right. It's the same concept. Like people are waiting for somebody else to go first. Are you going to take up the challenge to be the person that goes out and leads? So I, uh, heard someone talk about the center of the desert mm -hmm. and the center of the desert is when you acknowledge you have a special skill, talent and ability mm. and you know, that you can help someone. Mm -hmm. You know your gift mm -hmm. can help someone. Mm -hmm. 
So imagine you're in Dubai, and this is before all the beautiful buildings were built, right? And you're there, and you're in a castle, mm -hmm. and you have water. Mm -hmm. And there's people in a desert mm -hmm. that need water to survive. Mm -hmm. But you're in that castle. Who wants my water? They don't want my water. Mm -hmm. My water's not the cleanest water. Mm -hmm. And you, by you not providing that water, you're going you're gonna to have people die. I love that. So the center of the desert is when you have the ability to clench someone's thirst with your special skill, talent, and resource or ability, and you don't do that, you're, you're, you're starving people. Yeah. And I think we all owe it to ourselves and owe it to the people who, who who's on our charge and we want to add value to, to give them that water. I totally agree with you. And now whether you force feed them it mm -hmm. or whether you drip it to them, mm -hmm. but just give it to them. But that fear is real, right? Yeah. Because you look, you look over and you go, oh, well, their well is cleaner than mine. Mm. They've got a better delivery system for yeah. their water. Yeah. Like I've heard people talk about their water. People don't talk about my water like that. Yeah. And so you do this comparison thing. It's like somebody else is doing it better. Somebody else is doing it faster. I tried that before and it didn't really work. Like all those what if abouts. Because I, I ask people when I go when I go speak, I'm like, what are yours? Right. Man, I have people who like people who are success, like successful people that could be out doing what you and I are doing like tomorrow. Right. And they're like, I'm too fat. Mm. I'm too old. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the right degree. They've yeah. got three, but it's not the right one. Right. I'm like, no, like, like what we were talking about earlier, go yeah. ship it, like yeah. get out there, see what, see what's going to happen. Cause you never, it sounds cliche, but you don't know what's going to happen unless you try. Yeah. It, it's an amazing story that you shared earlier about his book. Again, it's igniting the fire started within uh, It's on his website, which is, firestarterstribe.com is his website you can uh click on that to click the book and also he has a course which is phenomenal but um the story that you shared about the book process mm -hmm. and you process it uh you self-publish it on amazon yeah but the story you, you shared about it was just amazing about what holds so many of us back and we talked about earlier that we don't know if this is a good book or whether you're gonna sell it like when you write it right until it actually sells. Right. If someone reads it, right. we don't know. But then what, what they find out when they, when they read the book. Well, and so here's another thing too. Like what I thought, because it took me three and a half years to write this. Mm. Okay. Because for a good two and a half years, I was like, people are like, what have you been up to? I'm like, I'm writing a book. Right. You can say that for years uh, yeah. and never have to present a book. No, like, absolutely. I'm, I'm, an, I'm, oh, a, I'm an author in training, right? Yeah. Like I'm, it's going to be out there someday. So I finally did. I finally wrote it. I finally finished it. I, I had an editor. We side by side, just like this, in front of the computer screen, line by line, went through it. We got through it like, cool, made some revisions. She got a copy. I got a copy. We went away. We read it all again, came back and we said, are we good? We're good. We're good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Publish. Wow. Blasted it all over the internet on all my social media channels. All my friends were texting me pictures like Amazon Prime says it's going to be here on Thursday. I can't wait to get it. Like sending me pictures. Oh, posting videos on LinkedIn. I'm getting my book from, or even when they got it, they were like, got my book. The thing with uh, doing it on Amazon is it also goes on Kindle for free. Right. So people can get it like that. So I had a friend. He's like, hey, I'm going on vacation. I want to get a copy. So I got the Kindle copy. So this was on a Monday that I released this. I think it was on that same, it was either Monday night or Tuesday night, within 24 hours. He texts me. He's like, hey, Jason, I'm on vacation. This might be a Kindle glitch. And I was like, oh, man. He's like, but there's a paragraph that looks like it repeats, like a whole paragraph. 
And wow. Gary, like I got like I was physically sick mm-hmm. to my stomach. I run down to my office, I open up the document, I do a word search, and I'm looking, I'm like, please be a Kindle release, please, please, please. I scroll down. There it is, like the whole paragraph twice. twice. And like I told you before, it wasn't even a good paragraph. It wasn't even something I could be like, oh, but this was in there for like, you needed yeah, to yeah. read this for a second time. It was a context thing. So I'm like, crap. I changed it, uploaded the new thing. Fine. I'm like, but here's what happened when I did that too. And I don't think I talked about this earlier. The fear came like, you see, you thought you were an author. You're not an author. You right, suck. Right, right, you know, right. you do. Well, so. Another piece was when I when I pressed publish, I was getting ready to go speak at a conference. I ordered two hundred copies wow. of that book with two, that, with two paragraphs. So I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna spend that, but we'll figure it out. So fast forward a couple hours later, I get another text from the same friend. Starts the same way. Hey Jason, it might be a Kindle glitch. I'm like, Are you freaking kidding me? So like I showed you at the end of every chapter, I've got a doing page, right? Wow. That's the awesome. doing page. You just you read it like what's the what's the thing you're gonna do as a response to the doing page right? So he's like I don't know what happened but he's like there's a fragment of a sentence. I have a master's degree in teaching English as a foreign language. I was a college professor. Words are very important to wow. me. You need a capital letter and a punctuation on a sentence. There was a fragment in my book that didn't have a capital letter, didn't have punctuation, wasn't even a sentence. Wow. And I was like. Oh my gosh. So again, erase that feeling like a total loser feeling like, like, like you call yourself an author. Like you put this thing out into the world and it's got two like glaring, terrible, awful mistakes in it. So I'm texting my tribe, my people that have all ordered this book. And I said, Hey everybody, there's like 10 of us on a group chat. I'm like, Hey, if you ordered the book, I just want you to know you're going to get some free stuff, some extra stuff, like an extra paragraph and this stupid fragment that I didn't count on. And this is why I tell people that you need a tribe, Gary. Within 30 seconds, I got a response from one of my friends. And she said, so what you're telling me, Jason, is I have a first edition. Ooh. And I was like, first edition. <laughs> so fast forward to that conference. Right. I changed my keynote to include that story. I'm up on stage and I'm telling people about this. I get done. I go to the back of the room. I'm at the book table. Gary, I literally had people coming up and I'm. You know, I'm selling the books, I'm swiping the cards, I'm giving to them. And they were like, this is the one with, this is the first edition, right? This is the one with the mistakes, right? Wow. I want to make sure I get the, people wanted, I want you all to hear me. People wanted the one wow. with mistakes. Had I thought about it, I should have kept them because I probably yeah. could have sold them for like 50 bucks now instead of 20 <laughs> and like had, you know. First edition. Right. First edition. And I actually have, when I tell that story and I sell them now, people do ask, they're like, do you have any more that like, I want a first edition. I'm like, I don't. I already sold them, but wow! But here's the, I got it out. I clearly didn't see the mistakes, right? So like you said, I don't know if you would have seen them the fifth time you read through, but you put it out into the world. Right. You find out that there's things that need to be fixed. You fix it and you go on. And by the way, people wanted the one with mistakes. Wow. That, that's, that's a lesson for all entrepreneurs who, who think that it has to be perfect when you're finished with that product that service it does not the market would definitely dictate to you exactly what they want absolutely and that'll let you know even if when you think it's perfect that definitely lets you know exactly i think it's normally when you think it is perfect they're like this crap so it's better to have the mindset like no it's flawed and i'm gonna know it i'm gonna learn yeah it's gonna be a learning process Mm -hmm. i think that's gonna be a more humbling approach Mm -hmm. um 
So let's talk about a little bit like what's inside of the book, right? So yes, the secrets to finding your fire and fanning your flame and tending your tribe. Yeah. So what, what does that mean? So basically what I say is that we, I call it your original design. We were all created like you have gifts that you just shared with me before we did this. Like I don't necessarily have some of those gifts, right? right. You played in the NFL. You did those things like you have gifts that you are uniquely created to have. I have some that I'm uniquely created to have. We all do. But I think one of the questions I ask when I speak to people is, what sets your heart on fire? Mm. And it's really a very interesting place to stand in front of hundreds or sometimes thousands of people and ask that question and watch the facial expressions. Because some people actually will turn away. I have a, I have a visual that I use. It's a heart made of flames. And I will have some people look at the screen and they'll turn, they will physically turn away because it's like, I don't want to think about that, right? So the first question really to get at is what is that thing that you were meant to do? I call it your ember. What's that thing that was placed inside of you that you uniquely are responsible to turn into a flame? Like you really do, you feed it and you do the thing. That, first thing is you got to find it. Most people have to find what that is. So part of it is going through that. Secondly is once you figured out what it is, how do you fan that flame? In other words, you're like, oh, I really should be doing this, but I'm doing this. Okay, well, what's the next step that you could take to get you there? What's the next step after that? What's the next, like, what are the things that you can do to eventually get yourself where you're aligned in that place? And then the last part, the tending your tribe, is that you can't do this alone. I mean, you were on a team, wow. right? You had people that played positions that you couldn't play and that you didn't play. They had those skills to do those things. You had your skills to do your thing. Because like what you said, it's going to be hard. It's going to take a long time. It's not overnight success. So when those things happen, who are the people around you that are going to tell you to get your butt out of bed wow. and get to work or pivot because the thing that you thought was going to set the market on fire was a complete failure. And what do you need to do now? Like, who are those people? And Jim Rohn has a great quote that I use almost every time I speak. And he says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Wow. And when... I'll ask the people who are watching and listen, when was the last time that you looked at your tribe and the people that you're surrounding yourself with? Are they the people that should be there? Are they just people that have kind of been following you around all your life? You're like, I don't know. I look back and like, it's just, it's George and Sally. And like, it's just always been them. Well, that's great. But are those the people that you need to get you to the level that you're trying to get to? And a lot of times I find that the answer is no. It, it's amazing. And um, maybe, maybe not, but we have in the Champions Academy, I created one of the sections is on your friends, mm. and um, the module is know your personnel. And there's a worksheet at the end that you actually grade the people in your life. Ooh, I like if that. They're negative or positive. Mm. So um, you could probably uh, add that as a link, as a worksheet um, for people who listen to this podcast. And I'd like to know your thoughts. Like, really put down your friends and see if they're mm. a plus five or a minus five. And that's people who either are going to take energy mm. from us. I right. give energy to us, and I think um, both are contagious. Right. Um, both are infectious, and we have to be mindful and intentional right. about where we spend our time. But like you said, with a result of those five individuals. Right. So I have a thing that I do. I introduce it in this book, but I've got it in this program that I do. It's called a tribal inventory. So mm. it basically says here are seven roles for a good tribe. Like you got devil's advocate, you got dreamer, you got connector, listener, catalyst, expert. Like who do you have in each of those roles? And do you have the right people in those roles? Jim uh, Jim Collins said, right seats, or the right people on the bus, but the right butts in the right seats, right? So do you have, what I find sometimes is that people have the right people, but they're in the wrong roles. 
And a lot of times, like I took one of my clients, one of my coaching clients through the tribal inventory. I said, how did it go for you? He said, it sucked. Because what I realized was I got five devil's advocates, but I got no dreamers. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Or another woman who went through it, she'd just gone through a really terrible divorce. I said, how was it for you? And she said, it was, it was good, but it was hard. And I said, why was it hard? And she said, because I looked through all these different roles. And she said, what I realized is I don't have a tribe. Mm. I am those things to everybody else. But I don't have anybody being that for me. Wow. I said, well, then we need to go hire you a tribe. And that's what we did. And her life is totally different because she's surrounded by people who want to support her and take her to another level. Not bring, they're not the minus fives. The minus right. fives got to go. They got to go. Addition by subtraction, I'll call it. Absolutely. Now, nah, no question. So how can people um, hire you? Because you, you, you actually take this show on the road. Yep. Um, and you actually consult with corporations and bring yep. this in. Um, how, how does that work? So oftentimes... Uh, somebody will see me at a keynote. I do uh, every year for the last couple of years, I've spoken at the big indie Sherm conference. So mm-hmm. HR people are some of my people. Um, they're your tribe. Rep, they're my tribe. Or they'll see a post of mine on LinkedIn where I'm talking about this. And they'll bring me in to do a program that I have called 30 Days to Blaze where we take five weeks. We meet once a week for five weeks where we go through. There's one thing that you do every day to build mission and vision. You get feedback. You talk about limiting beliefs. You set goals with times and dates and people to keep you accountable. And then you go through the tribal inventory. And what's amazing, Gary, is when you get – I mean corporate world is busy, right? Everybody's like, I can't, I'm in a meeting. I got this, I got to do this. When you force a team to sit around a table for five weeks with things that they have to do every week that they're going to come back and have done, the results have blown my mind. I knew when I wrote the program that it was going to be good, but I've had, as a result of people going through this 30 days to blaze, two people have gone back to grad school. Wow. Three people have found new jobs, two in different industries. One went for a promotion that she didn't think she was going to be able to get and got it. Um, one guy started a side hustle and is making money from it. I mean, the, what happens as a result when you spend, like when was the last time this probably isn't for you, but maybe for the people who are listening, the last time that you spent 30 days time every day focusing on yourself. Yeah. Most of us don't do that. Not at all. So this is also a thing. It takes care of the whole person. And my thing in the corporate world is we go through this program and how do you take what you learned? and plug that back into the mission and vision of the organization where you work. So how can, if you're a manager, how can what you learned about feedback from your people, about your mission, about your gifts, how can you take that and be the best manager that you can be at X company? If you're facing like a challenge, you guys are scaling up, how can you take the things that you've learned and scale your business up? How can you take this and work through tough retention numbers? Like how do you take all the things that we're doing and plug it back in to be a more productive, a more engaged, employee and just a better all-around human wow now that's good stuff man and your website one more time so people can go get the book firestarterstribe.com and the book is igniting the firestarter within um i hope you go out and purchase that today so on the podcast uh the last question is always the the name of the podcast success leaves clues Mm -hmm. so what's that one clue that stands out for you in your life that you want to share with our audience that you think will change their lives? For me, I, th- I think we can get inside of our head so much and believe Brene Brown says the story I'm telling myself in my head, mm-hmm. right? And that's a powerful story. And when we don't go search for other information, that story gets stronger and there's no information to come against that. One of the most powerful things I've seen is when you ask your tribe, and I've got a 
tool that I do. It's called five by five plus one. So you ask five people in your tribe to give you five words that describe you four positive ones and one that you could work on. Mm. And then you also, the plus one is you do that also for yourself. And then you, when you get that back, you write down all 30 of those words. You're going to have 24 words that are positive and six that you need to work on. Some of those words are going to overlap, right? right? But what I found is that the story you're telling yourself in your head, the story I was telling myself in my head was I didn't have anything to say and nobody would listen. When I asked for that feedback, people were like, you have a story. I mean, that was literally one of the things people said. You're a compelling, you're, you are a, um, you're an inspirator, right? You're somebody who inspires other people. And I wasn't believing that about myself, but allowing people to speak that into my life gave me the courage to take, not the big old leap, but just the next step, mm-hmm. which gave me the courage to take the next step and then the next step. And yesterday I signed my largest engagement yet in the history of my company and I'm taking the next step and the next step. And this from a guy that three years ago, literally was locked in fear with, you don't have anything to say. And even if you did, nobody would want to listen. But when you get that feedback and allow people to speak into your life and also challenge you, Mm -hmm. right? Get your ass off the couch, like get up and go to like, put it out there and see what happens. And, and you have them keep you accountable those clues that you get from other people that you don't like your own blind spots that you don't see in yourself are incredibly powerful. Wow, man, that's great. Man, if you haven't already followed Jason on LinkedIn, I do um, a lot on LinkedIn and then IG, it's a Firestarters tribe on IG. Exactly. So give, definitely follow him. Like I said, go out and purchase the book. Oh man, thank you for your time, thank man. You. This has been great. Appreciate I it. definitely appreciate you. And for more information about Gary Brackett, I'm going to do this more regularly. I promise with Success Leads Clues podcast. But to join our newsletter, please join us at GaryBrackett.com. Sign up for a free download, and also to get on the email list. We give you daily value and let you know when more Success Leads Clues episodes drop. Mm-hmm. All right, that's today's show of Success Leads Clues. And I want you all to go live that championship lifestyle and win your day. Take some valuable insights from this week's chat. Feel free to reach out to me on social media with clues you gain or questions you need answers to. You can find my pages at GaryBracket.com. Remember, it is up to you to make the most out of your opportunities to reach success. Personally, I live this life with an abundance mindset and deep down, I hope we all make it.